Welcome to Bible Chicks, women who are normally just as is, but we're at our supernatural best when we choose to read, believe, and live out God's Word, whatever's going on in our lives. So get ready to laugh with us and be blessed as you hear our unique stories and inspiring music. Thanks for joining us. It's going to be good. Reading, believing, living His Word. Praying, never receiving all the truth that we've heard. Loving and growing and hoping our faith is showing. Don't you know we're Bible chicks? Hi, I'm Carol Brewer, and I'm so glad you could join us today. You know, our very special guest is not only an author, speaker, historian, and singer, but she's an exceptional photojournalist. A native of New Zealand, Susan Maxwell Skinner served for eight years as a member of Buckingham Palace Press Corps, and yes, worked with Princess Diana. So join us today for music and Susan Maxwell Skinner's fascinating story. But just before, I'm going to share a fun song that I wrote while shopping at Sunrise Mall. You know, I was searching from store to store looking for a bargain. And the Lord was saying to me, Carol, turn around and pay attention. I have the ultimate bargain for you. Yes, I do. I believe in you. They come with a guarantee, and all that's been prepaid for you and me. I like that simple phrase that says, I'm following you for the rest of my days. Ah, sweet simplicity, and his gift is positively free. Try. We do try to reach for the sky Doing all those good things There's no denying that There's no justifying in works That's just not God's design We should study that line Let me see, what is it? Oh yes, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 That's why I'm telling you Yes, I do. I believe in you. They come with a guarantee. You know, it's been prepaid for you and me. I like that simple phrase that says, I'm following you for the rest of my days. Ah, sweet simplicity at its gift is positively free. Run. How hard we do run And we've hardly begun To earn our share of credit Constantly stumbling But it certainly is humbling to know Jesus opened the door That's what real friends are for Well, I read about it in Romans chapter 3 Verses 23 and 24 And so I'm telling you Yes, I do. I believe in you. They come with a guarantee. And all that's been prepaid for you and me. I like that simple phrase that says, I'm following you for the rest of my days. 
absolutely His gift is unmistakably free No charge no charge. So I like those simple words, and I hope you do too. Today, it's my honor and pleasure to welcome my friend, Susan Maxwell Skinner. Welcome, Susan. Hi, Carol. It's great to have you here. You know, we're just, there's so much, you are so multifaceted and so much to share that we're going to start right back at the beginning, like we usually do with our guests. You were born in New Zealand, way across. The pond, the Pacific <laughs> pond, huh? Pretty remote, yes. <laughs> From here, do, down, do you, do you all say, say that's down under? Is that just Yes, yes, yes you down refer under. to it as down under. And you can see the Southern Cross from there. You and, can, and, and the water beautiful. goes down the bath plug in a different direction, I'm told. Oh, it's it's beautiful there, and I had a chance to visit you a couple of years ago there, so what a place. And you took me to a church there. It's, did I, am I saying it right, Marangi Bay? Close enough, it's Marangi Bay, My and Rangi. that's where... I was born and that's where I was christened and that's where I went to Sunday school and learnt to love the stories from the Bible. And, and were you confirmed there? You, you, you showed me in the front of the chapel there and through the window we looked, we peeked in and you showed me a place where you were studying or went to Sunday school. We had Sunday school there. And my, my parents were farmers, so I think the only day of the week they got off was Sunday and they packed us off to Sunday school. And I think it gave them an opportunity to sleep in. But it was such a remote place in those days that they could watch us walking down the hill a mile away and they could see us trudging back up after church afterwards so they knew when to put on the Sunday lunch. Uh, it's a beautiful, white, traditional, small church there, or medium-sized church. and uh, It's tiny, wooden, got a steeple. But it's beautiful. It kind of reminded me of a church you might see in New Hampshire or, you know, New exactly. England. It's that lovely, style. lovely. And and this, say it again for me. Myrangi Bay. Myrangi Bay. It's a village in one of the villages in the Auckland Area. Yes, that's right. It's, uh-huh. uh, Auckland is the biggest city in New Zealand, and it has many, many suburbs. In those days, they were just villages, and that's where I grew up as a, as a farmer's daughter. Mm-hmm. So tell me, at that darling little church, you were studying Old Testament stories, and you picked out the Book of Ruth to share one of your favorite ones, and why is that? Well, I adore all the Old Testament stories, because they were just, for a child, tremendously riveting stories full of colorful people and... The morality, you know, you didn't necessarily catch on to at that age, but at least they were fascinating stories that told you about, oh, vastly more romantic times and countries that I had ever experienced. And I loved Ruth. Um, I had a best friend called Ruth, but it wasn't just that. I loved the idea that Ruth having lost her husband, travelled with her mother-in-law to Bethlehem. She wasn't Jewish, but she took up Jewish ways, as she said, whither thou goest, I will go. And she was a widow. Uh, She and her mother-in-law contrived to find her a new husband. And I love their very practical approach to that. It's almost a feminist lesson. You you see what you will need in life to make yourself secure and well-fed and to provide for the future of your children. And if you see that man single and waiting, you go out and find a way to nab him. It's a very practical story for husband hunters. <laughs> yes, and, and, and he was a good man. He was a good man. Good and, man. And together they were the parents of the parents of the parents of, of David. Yes. Beautiful story. And I love that the older um, Naomi 
some would say in Naomi would be a good pronunciation for that, and Ruth, the older and the younger, were stronger together, weren't they? The wisdom of the older woman and the vitality and youthful strength of the younger woman as they traveled from Moab all the way to Bethlehem. So, that is a good in, good reminder for us of being stronger together. Yes, and also to respect the wisdom of our elders and, mm-hmm. and to be loyal to family. Yes, yes, for sure. So, be, with the Bible stories and, uh, and your love for those stories, and you, that probably influenced you in, in, as you were developing your skills in writing. I tell you, I don't know how anyone can ever plan or hope to be a figure in literature for, on whatever level, even in journalism, if you don't have a knowledge of the Bible the Bible, like Shakespeare, it imbues every element of our writing and reading. And, you know, and you see the references in conversation and in modern literature all the time to the Bible. If you don't understand the sources of these wonderful metaphors and catchphrases, then you're a poorer journalist and you're a poorer writer. And, you know, it's, it's sort of a bit like hoping to be a great writer or poet, if you've never studied Shakespeare, how can you how can you be a great writer if you don't understand the Bible? That's my thoughts, anyway. Good thoughts, good thoughts, and somebody else must have thought so too be, that you were a good writer and had a great background because you became a journalist in Auckland, and then you received an assignment to cover the wedding of the century, the royal wedding of Prince Charles and Princess Diana in London. Wow. Big leap of time. I started off as a journalist at 16 years old, so I made my way through the ranks, and by the time I was in my 20s, I was pretty experienced, believe it or not, so I got terrific assignments and at the age of I think about 25 I was sent to London to cover the wedding of Charles and Diana and it had a huge impact on my life. I was offered an opportunity to write a book about Diana, believe it or not, she was only 20 years old, imagine writing a book about somebody who's only 20 years old but that's the focus of the world at the time and I did the book and just stayed on with the Palace Press Corps for the next eight years. Amazing, amazing. Well, share some of your most memorable moments in those years of service. One thing you've got to remember is it, it was a job. It wasn't a fan club, but you you did have a unique opportunity to be a fly on the wall as history unfolded. And I think one of the things I learned very early was anything Diana lacked in worldly experience and guile Uh, at the beginning, because remember, she was dealing with a pretty old established family and and great old traditions that she went into it pretty naively. But I think what bore her through was the fact that she became a mother so very, very young. She was just 20 when William was born, and I watched her carry him out of the hospital. Mm -hmm. And you could see from this girl that we used to call Shy Di, remember that? Mm -hmm. The, uh, the, The growth in her confidence and impact came from the fact that she was making inroads not just into her child's future, but into her own strength as a person through being a hands-on mum. Mm-hmm. One time I watched her get off an aeroplane in Australia and she looked absolutely terrified. It was the beginning of a very gruelling tour. 
and she stood at the bottom of the gangway and, and you know, she's nearly six feet tall and when she's round-shouldered, she looks very nervous and insecure. And, and then they handed her her baby, William. And like any mother, you have to stand up straight to hold a baby and she was standing up with her shoulders back, a big smile on her face, and you could see that that precious little baby was the strength she needed to give her the confidence to take on the grueling tour that lay ahead and and in the years ahead to take on the royal family and the establishment to a certain degree in knowing that whatever failures she had she was not a failure as a parent. Mm. And you've covered uh, by writing three books covering the Wales family and including the book called Diana, Memory of a Rose. That's my favorite one. Uh, It's a beautiful book. I have a copy of that. And in the book, so many photographs, gorgeous. There's a picture of Diana with um, Mother Teresa. And the quote or the caption under the photo, it says, we're both working for God. Yes. Isn't it interesting that, Mm -hmm. you know... um, God doesn't always choose the most obvious messengers. Mm-hmm. Diana was not strictly affiliated with any particular branch of the church, although the royal family, are they are the protectors of the faith of the uh, Church of England. But she had an open mind spiritually, and I think Mother Teresa recognized that to go out and do the work in giving hope, giving joy, giving comfort is a gift from God. And as Mother Teresa said to Diana, she said, I could no more do what you are doing than you could do what I am doing, Diana. She said, we're both working for God. And I recognize that because I would see it every day. Diana would be, you know, walk into a room full of sick people, gloomy people, and and leave them uplifted. You could see that with smiles on their faces. That's a gift. Not everyone can do it. It is a gift, and she used her platform uh, for a lot of good, you know, around the world. And and, uh, We still see it today. Yes, we do. What a wonderful influence. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and hear more from Susan Maxwell Skinner. Thank you for joining us. What a blessing you are. Thank you. You too. Attention event planners, Carol Brewer brings both the message and the music as she presents the King and I Women's Retreat. You'll deepen your walk with Jesus as you discover the heart-healing truths that establish your real identity as an heiress in His kingdom. Be refreshed and reassured in His presence and delight in singing His praises. Carol works closely with each event planner, ensuring a successful, life-transforming weekend away. Learn more at BibleChicks.com. back. We're delighted to have with us Susan Maxwell Skinner, who shared some of her memories of working with the Buckingham Palace Press Corps and with Princess Diana. You know, Susan, it's almost going on 20 years, I guess next year since her passing. Mm. And what would you say is Princess Diana's greatest legacy? Well, that's a wonderful question. You know, this whole generation has grown up since she died that has no knowledge or direct Um, emotional relationship to her but they actually do because when they see the modern royals I'm talking about William and Harry and and Kate and their children they are seeing Diana's influence and the interesting thing is that although Diana was pretty much a pariah among some of the the establishment and the older royals toward the end of her, her brilliant career it's Diana's blood in those boys 
and in this, the generations that follow that will keep the monarchy compassionate, keep it relevant, keep it in touch with real people. And I think that's Diana's greatest gift was the way she brought those boys up to show love. And Susan, how wonderful that you were able to observe that and that you can continue to impart that truth, a story, through your speaking and your books. I love talking about Diana, and mm -hmm. I think there are lessons to be learned from her life for us all. One woman can make a difference. Yes, it's wonderful. And you know, after your service in London, you met a fabulous musician and band leader, John Skinner. You moved to California. I was kidnapped. You were kidnapped, okay. By love. Yes, and became a singer and recording artist with the John Skinner Band. Wow. That and uh, that talk about a shift in um, job description, huh? Isn't life wonderful the way it provides new doors mm -hmm. just when the other ones are closing? And it's music that brought us together, and we've had the opportunity to sing duets for several community events, and that Such was a fun. lot of fun, you know? It was great. And I think that you exemplify the phrase, bloom where you're planted, because <laughs> you've embraced your new hometown of Carmichael, California, and that's in Sacramento County. And you've embraced it in so many ways. And I love that as a New Zealander, a Kiwi, you've come here to our the area that I live in, and, and you see what we take for granted with new eyes. And that's such a blessing. You know, you've researched the history. You, as a photographer and journalist, you write a variety of monthly articles for our Sacramento area circulars. And you've produced a marvelous book called Carmichael Americana on the Move. Tell us a bit about that book. Well, I love Americana. I think sometimes it takes a foreigner to just be gaga about the time to things you take for granted. You you see a piece of pumpkin pie on a plate. You see a dessert. I see Americana. It's just all these wonderful things that are there in your and my everyday life that are so reflective of the history and the traditions and the emotions of this country, which I adore. Nothing gives me greater joy than singing the national anthem, which I'm sometimes required to do, like you, Carol. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I love Carmichael. I love the traditions. I love the support of community. And I, I like writing about it for our local magazines. I love the nature here. I grew and you, up, yeah, you, you, you did a blog. You do a blog for Carmichael, and that's on Facebook. And you also recorded a song, a really cute, fun, uplifting song about Carmichael. And you were honored by the community uh, a couple of years back. And so it just shows how you've, in a small community, because it is Americana, you can go to small town USA just about anywhere, or even in Canada, uh, a small town like that. And you've captured the essence, I believe, through your book of just uh, everyday so. life. I hope so, yes. We need to, to give honor and credit to the ordinary people in, in ordinary towns all over this country because they're actually what make America great. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. Well, besides your commitment to serving Carmichael in, in, uh, through your blogs and all, you, as a photojournalist, demonstrate great patience. You go to the American River and other wildlife sanctuaries and record the precious habitats of wildlife. And you also blog about that. So tell us what you're doing these days. Well, no day is... No day can ever exist without me not without me appreciating the the beauty and the joy of nature. I was 
very fortunate to discover uh, bald eagles on the American River, very close to Sacramento, closest they've ever been recorded. I can't say I discovered them. They, they were there. I found them. I photographed them. It, it caused a small sensation. I learned so much from observing nature. I learned how animals, they have priorities that really are fundamental to any kind of animal's existence, including ours. I, I learn when I'm out in nature to always think of the bigger picture while I'm appreciating the smallest things. And I love such concepts that, as John Muir, the famous naturalist, said, you can pluck the smallest blade of grass and mm -hmm. find that it's attached to the entire world. And it, it makes me remember that this creation of our world is, is magnificent. It's magnificent. Perfect. It's complete in every way from the smallest mm -hmm. mosses and lichens to the humans like us and the, the rivers and lakes and all the things that we enjoy in nature. Um, we're so bountifully provided for. God's creation, so much beauty for our pleasure, for our retreat, for, I mean, the original retreat in the Holy Land, you know, when Jesus took the disciples away up up north uh, and, uh, you know, just to get away and, and be at the source of the Jordan River there in a quiet place. And you have the opportunity to go in those quiet places and, and retreat and patiently wait and observe and record the wonderment of God's creation. I know that uh, a couple of years ago you um, spent so much time watching the minute little hummingbirds being born. And it's a miracle. It's a perfect microcosm, the family in nature, how it like the lilies of the field, we, we are so richly provided for. The hummingbird will take cobwebs and tiny mosses and lichen and, and build a nest the size of a, an eggshell, a half an eggshell, and raise perfect babies there and take care of them and protect them and feed them. And eventually she will be the steward of their first flight. And, and watching the encouragement that she gives to her babies to get them out of that nest and flying around and, and teaching them to hunt for themselves, to to forage for themselves. You learn so much. You learn that, again, as I say, that every tiny element of creation is there with purpose. It's mm, beautiful. It's beautiful. Do you have a favorite scripture that you'd like to share with us? One I love is First Corinthians, that God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And I see that in nature and I see it in society. The fact that we can learn from the, the beaver preparing her lodge for winter, the, the tiny hummingbird protecting her family. You know, even a, even a pop singer can give us a message which is powerful and profound. We don't... God chose Jesus, a humble carpenter, to be the greatest prophet of all. So there's, there's a lesson there that... The source isn't always what you expect it to hear the word, which is right. Mm -hmm. The greatest prophet, as the world uh, may see Jesus, but of course, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Son of God, and uh, the second person in our Trinity, the Christian Trinity, so he is... The reason that we're here today as Bible chicks, being able to proclaim the glory of the Lord, and you've been able to witness that through nature, and I'm so, and uh, through people too, Susan, you're very, very um, intuitive when it comes to seeing personalities and people that um, honor God 
with their service and all that they do. Will you take a minute to pray with us, pray for our audience? Uh, What's on your heart today? Dear Lord, in this great world with its myriad priorities, please make us conscious of the small miracles of nature. Like the lilies of the field, we are so richly provided for. If we could be inspired by the lessons of nature in its unworldly innocence, we could learn from the squirrel, the hawk, the beaver, even the tiny hummingbird. We would be reminded that all species are beloved. We're all here for a simple purpose, to live happily, to take responsibility for our families and to leave the world unblemished by our existence and to love God with all our hearts. Please let us move through nature with your beautiful outdoors as our greatest cathedral and focus our faith on serving what is good for humanity and for all creatures, great and small. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Susan Maxwell Skinner, for joining us. Find out more at SusanMaxwellSkinner.com and go to Susan's blog, Princess Diana by author Susan Maxwell Skinner. Thank you again for joining us. A scripture that really touches my heart is Deuteronomy 4.29. It tells us, If you seek the Lord your God, you will find Him. If you seek Him with all your heart and with all your soul. Are you seeking Him today with all your heart and all your soul? Here's a beautiful song, Be Thou My Vision, that I hope will bless you and cause you to think a little bit more. Are you seeking Him first in all situations? Be
maybe you're going through a difficult time right now. You know, there's so much turmoil going on in our world. How wonderful that we can keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, our precious Lord and Redeemer. I know you'll want to hear this program again, so just go to BibleChicks.com where you can listen anytime to all of our fantastic guests. Are you planning a future women's event? Please keep me in mind. I bring both the music and the message, and you'll find a link to my website and a list of my speaking topics at BibleChicks.com. Thanks so much for joining us, and please always remember that in Him we live, move, and have our being. Reading, believing, 